0: Why isn't one long genealogy of Jesus enough? That's the question we're discussing today on The Hero of the Story, presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of The Hero of the Story, a podcast to help you focus on the gospel in every area of your life and ministry. I'm Aaron Armstrong, brand manager of The Gospel Project, and with me, as pretty much always, is Brian Dimbozic, our managing editor. Brian... We are in a really exciting place. Yes, a genealogy. A genealogy, but not just any genealogy. A genealogy of Jesus.
1: Yes, the second genealogy. Yes, the other genealogy. The other, of Jesus. along with Matthew's. You know? I mean, we're...
0: you could argue that that John has a genealogy too. Um, he says, "In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God." You know, you know, on So on it's
1: on it's a pretty you know broad you know, genealogy. I mean, but... it's
0: it's 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 showing the divinity of Jesus. But <laughs> and then Mark being incisive, he is
1: he is his genealogy is just Jesus.
0: He's like he, Jesus showed up. That's right, <laughs> and and it's great. But um, but no, we are we are not being irreverent here or blasphemous, um, whatever you may be fearing. We don't intend we're doing to be here. <laughs> I mean, if we are, we're sorry. That's right. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, we are at uh, in our survey of the survey of the Bible. We are now in the New Testament officially, and uh, and I'm really excited about this yeah. because we get to spend the next 18 months or so in you know in here in... as we walk
1: through this the story arc. That's right,
0: that's right. And so we're gonna hit some we're gonna hit some really cool passages. Um, it's going to take, uh, and have, and hopefully have some good discussions over the next, next few months. Yeah. Like hopefully this will be, well, I, sure I sure hope so. So, Um,
1: yeah. So if, if anybody's been listening, especially going back to Christmas time, we covered Matthew's genealogy as kind of a, of a Christmas Yeah. Around Christmas time. Um, and so you might want to go listen to that if you want, but here, here's the thing as we get to this genealogy, as we kind of ask in the lead in, man, why two, I mean, as we know, genealogies, and we've talked about this some, genealogies are challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, they matter. We're going to look at that today. We're going to yeah. talk about it. But it yeah. really, it begs the question.
0: Yeah, it does. It does. Absolutely. And and before we get there, though, I mean, we have to remember, first and foremost, where, as we always do, let's place our par- yeah. our passage today that we're discussing in the context of the Bible's narrative.
1: Yeah, so this, of course, this is kind of a gimme, mm-hmm. this this episode at least, we're at the beginning of the New Testament. Yep. Um, Luke, he he reserves his genealogy for a couple chapters. He he deals yeah. with the birth narrative and so forth. Uh, Matthew puts it right up front. But either way, you're the, pretty much the start of, mm-hmm. of this New Testament. Mm-hmm. About 400 years have passed since Malachi. Yep. Uh, last uh, wrote the, the final book in the Old Testament. Right. And that was the
0: last time that, um, uh, at least that has been, that, was recorded in canonical scripture that God had directly spoken to His people. So Malachi gave this warning that um, of the the that the days that the day of the Lord was coming, and to prepare and for the people to prepare themselves because when the day of the Lord comes, the Lord is coming, and He's going to have His and He is going to judge. Um, judge his people and judge the world, (laughs) and that, and then he's and then he uh, mic drops and he says, All right, peace out, and all is silent for 400 years. That's a big deal, yes, it is. So, that's a big deal, and so when we get to the events that led up to this genealogy in, in Luke's gospel, um, I mean, you see. Um, you see a couple of things happen. You see this and you see this in Matthew's gospel as well. You see, um, an angel appears to, um, Zechariah who was a priest and he is, and he, and this angel tells him that he's going to have a son who's going to be the forerunner to the Messiah. Um, he is the one that was prophesied that would, um, come in the, you know, in the spirit of Elijah. And we're we're actually going to talk about him next week. Um, so I don't want to give all yeah. that away, but, um, but that, that's, but we had that happen. And so that's the first time that God had spoken to any one of his people directly um, in that 400-year period. Then later on, and we'll see this again, uh, we'll talk about this again next week as as well. Um, when Zechariah actually prophesied, like pro- starts prophesying after, after John is born and He's able and his tongue is on is loosened and he's able to speak again. That's the first time that 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 anyone had done that in hundreds of years. Again, really, really big deal. And that leads in into this um, in Matthew's or in in Luke's context, rather. Um, And so that's so we can't ignore the significance of this. Yeah, it's so easy for us to just turn the page. And forget the gap, and we can't do that. One no we... it,
1: it took four hundred years to turn that page. It sure
0: did. It sure did.
1: So maybe we need to print a bunch of blank pages Ooh. in between.
0: A lot. That's a lot of journaling.
1: Yeah, it would be. Yeah, which um, is not a bad thing. No,
0: no, not at all. Not at all. All right. So, um, so what kind of questions should we be asking when
1: we study this genealogy? First one is kind of obvious. Uh-huh. We've kind of hinted at it. Yeah. Can't we just skip it? No. I mean, especially if we covered the Matthew's genealogy, yeah. isn't that good enough? And no, you can't. Yeah, we can't. No, I mean, we have
0: to remember Second Timothy says that all scripture is profitable and inspired by God. So um, so that means that all of it is important.
1: Yes. And we'll see here, as we're going to talk about in a minute, there, there, there are differences in these two genealogies. Yes, there are. Those Matthew two. takes us one place, Luke takes us another place, and both are important, and you need both to get to those two places. Yep, yeah,
0: exactly. And so that actually brings us to our next question of we have these two different genealogies. Why on earth is Luke's different than Matthew's when they're dealing with the same person? So um, the answer to that is um, that there are plenty of reasons. Um, I mean, there are a – theologians have been have been debating debating all of these but here are here are a couple of the most common ones and then there's and then we'll get into the 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 practical theological narrative reasons um on top of that so um so an older argument has been that um, that Matthew's genealogy follows Joseph's line, where Luke's is following Mary's. This is pretty commonly it's commonly stated heard. from <laughs> the pulpit, but interestingly, it's not actually all that widely held anymore um, by commentators. Um, and so that's that's just kind of an interesting fun fact I did I found out when I was doing a quick bit of research for this episode. Um, but um, a second um, a second idea is um and this is a little, is where it starts to get a little bit more common now is that um Matthew is, is Matthew's intent is to demonstrate the royal line of succession um with his genealogy where Luke is following um, Jesus's physical family line. Um, and, and I think both of those, and I think I, any of those could be yeah. true. Um, you know, there's some, there's some other ideas out there about, you know, you know, adoption and, and leave right marriages and, and stuff like this. Um,
1: but I mean, they're, they're all, all over the place. Um, yeah. And these, these matter because you, you'll read these lists and, and the names are different.
0: Yeah. Like for so, example,
1: Joseph's father is listed as yeah. different men. So I, there's gotta be an explanation, And while we don't know it for sure, I think it's worth thinking through the practical why and how. And I think there are plausible solutions. Mm -hmm. But I think the theological reasons that we're going to talk about are the key. This is the why. Yes.
0: And so this is what we – this is the most important thing. Like the other stuff is is good brain candy to, to, you know, things to to wrestle with, nerd out on, have some fun with, explore. Um, Stump your – Bible study teacher. You know, right. Play uh play trickier smoker pleader, yeah. you know, whatever you want to do. Um but here's the thing. Both of them serve different purposes. So Matthew so Matthew is demonstrating Jesus' connection to Abraham and to David. Um he is showing G- that Jesus is the fulfillment of the promises that were made to both. That Abraham would have an offspring um from whom all the all the nations would be blessed, and that David would have a son who would sit on his throne forever and have a kingdom that would never fade. Um, there is a very particular Jewish emphasis there. It's a reminder that Jesus is the is the representative of God's people.
1: Yeah, and you think Abraham such an important figure in Old Testament yeah uh, history, Israel's history. So it made Father Abraham. I mean, especially you had read the many Gospel sons, of John. But his most yeah, important yeah. son was Jesus. It was so. So, so yeah, <laughs> you just have. It makes sense that Matthew, writing to a Jewish audience, is connecting Jesus to Abraham. Yes, makes yes. sense. What about Luke?
0: Luke is different. Um, so Luke is demonstrating Jesus' connection to Adam, so the first human being. Um, he's showing that Jesus is the second Adam and actually the last Adam, as um as Romans describes him. Um, and he is the Adam who would succeed where the first failed. So in um, in Luke's emphasis, not only it, it, it's going beyond the emphasis of Jesus being the representative of all of Israel mm-hmm. of all the Jews. Now we're gonna broaden that. Now it's Jesus is representative of all is the representative head of all humanity. Which makes sense with Luke's audience, exactly, because Luke is writing to a mixed audience. He's writing to he's writing primarily, actually, to Gentiles, Mm -hmm. Um, and that is and that's really important. So what we see in the two is we see Jesus is the the true and perfect Israel, and um, which and Israel is referred to in um, in the Old Testament periodically as the Son of God. Um, as well as God's son. This is my son whom I love. Um, and, um, and then we see Jesus at his, at his baptism referred to as, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well, well pleased. Um, and, um, and, but Jesus here is representing all people everywhere because his work was not just for one particular people, but for all people, people from every nation and every background, Um, it's a reminder that the gospel is for all who will believe or who would believe.
1: Yep. So, I mean, that right there, to me, shows me why it's so beneficial to work through these passages. And that's a beautiful, I mean, it's a reminder of who Jesus is. It Helps me have a better understanding of the Gospels, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to appreciate them more fully, keeping in mind their audiences, see the the wisdom that the Holy Spirit brought to bear for each of these. So that alone, to me, makes it worth it. But yeah, there are a couple other cool ideas stemming from tracing back to Adam we're going to see in a minute. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and I mean, one of those things that uh, that is there is um, really. ties into our big question, which seems kind of redundant in this case, which is, you know, how does this point us to Jesus? Well, it's a passage about Jesus. Yeah. Directly. Um and what we see here is is really this strong connection uh back to this idea of G or actually in in narrative sense, foreshadowing Jesus fulfilling of the old testament specifically as um, as the representative of all humanity, that that idea of the, of him the being Adam. the second or last Adam, um, and this especially makes sense when you see um, what Luke follows this with, um, which is the temptation in the wilderness, and that is where G, where Satan appears and he and he's trying to tempt him um, to violate God's commands, take easy ways out mm-hmm. to um you know and simple things like hey you you haven't eaten in 40 days i bet you're hungry how about you how about you have some how about you make yourself some have some a sandwich bread? you're the if you're the if you're the son of god turn that rock into into bread and feed eat yourself it. and feed yourself yeah exactly and he says man does not live by bread alone um and then he um Um, And then he go and you see the other two, you see the other, the the other temptations as well. And it's always Satan tempts him according, interestingly, according to scripture saying, if you're the son of God, then you will do this. If you're the son of God, then this, then God will do this. And Jesus keeps repeating back to him um, with scripture. Yeah. And it's.
1: Always the law. (laughs) Yeah, and it's just just a great, you know, if you're wondering, well, how does that fit? Because it it takes us back to the temptation of Adam and Eve in the garden. So here in Eden, in a perfect lush garden, Satan came to Adam and Eve, Adam specifically for this discussion here. Yes. And tempted him. Mm -hmm. And Adam gave in to that temptation and sinned. Yes. Proving and bringing all of sin into the world and so forth. Here we see Jesus, the last Adam, the second Adam, who is taken into a wilderness and is tempted by Satan. Yes. But he refuses to give in, proves that he is worthy to Mm -hmm. be the Messiah. Uh, And so you see this contrast, this beautiful contrast. Yeah. And it just makes sense that this is right on the heels of a genealogy connecting him to Adam. Yeah. Um, and so the
0: second thing that it does in pointing us to Jesus is ultimately it reminds us of Jesus' humanity. Um, we talked about this a lot. Jesus was a human being. He was, He really got hungry. He really, mm-hmm. got, he really got thirsty. He really got sleepy. He really um, got excited. <laughs> um, he really woke up in the morning and went to bed at night. All without sinning. All of these things without sinning.
1: Um, Although some would say waking up in the morning in general is kind of a sin. That's very dark of you. It is. Wow. Well, not like that. Just it's so hard to get up out of bed.
0: (laughs) Oh, it's about your attitude. Got it. Got it. Okay. Because if we needed to talk some talk later, I mean, (laughs) no, no, no. But when we think about this as being a reminder of Jesus' humanity, I mean, one of the things that we have to remember is that this there that um, if Jesus has a family line, that means Jesus is a human. Um, but not only do we see that, but at the beginning of it, we see this this little parenthetical statement um, in in it. Um, when Luke starts the genealogy, he says that um, Jesus was the son of, or thought to be the son of, Joseph, mm-hmm. and it's real. It's it's re- a real clever nod to the virgin birth because that's the thing with Jesus. Jesus is both 100% human, but he's also 100% God. Yeah. He had no human father. And that really matters because if we as we talked about actually just on a on a recent episode of the podcast, um in if Jesus um was only a human being, he wouldn't have been he wouldn't have been able to fulfill God's commands exactly and if he wasn't and if he was only God he would not have been able to actually be Be a sacrifice the sacrifice for us he couldn't be the last Adam because he wasn't an Adam yeah so it's
1: really really significant as you say how Luke phrases that yeah to leave that door open for he's not just a mere man Matthew interestingly he does something similar In his genealogy, Mm -hmm. you know, he's going through so-and-so fathered, so-and-so fathered, so-and-so. It's a very active tense, if you will. Mm -hmm. But then when he gets to to the end, he says, And Jacob fathered Joseph, the husband of Mary, who gave birth to Jesus. So notice that it shifts to a passive there. So that right there is how both gospel writers inspired by the Holy Spirit have preserved both the humanity of Jesus and the deity of Jesus in these genealogies. Yeah. Once again, it just—I just love that about scriptures. Yeah, yeah, it's—it it doesn't conflict. No, and it's so rich. Yeah, a detail such small, right. we might want to read over it so quickly and just right. you know. But when yeah. you stop and think about it, man, it's beautiful.
0: Right. And and see, this is this is the kind of stuff you miss when you skip over these genealogies. And I mean, definitely, some of them are really hard. I mean, you're not gonna—you yeah. know what? You're not gonna pull a practical application out of. <laughs> Out of a list of names. You're just not. I mean, it's not going to um, be most of our life verses. No. I mean, you know, it's just like how impregatory prayers should not be your life verses. <laughs> um, I mean, maybe. But again, well. you know, you might be in kind of a dark place if that's, <laughs> that's the case. And, you know, we'd recommend talking to somebody. And get a hug. But anyway, that these these really are the things that are there. The scripture is so rich. There's so much there if we're just willing to see what's there. Yeah. It's not even it's not even you're having to reach for it or mm-hmm. anything like that. You're not having to read into the text. It's
1: just there. See, in my experience that's what happens more often than not. We read too quickly. Mhm. You know, a lot of people say I wish I could understand the Bible better. The problem is not a not necessarily primarily a theological issue that, hey, I don't have a theological mind or I haven't been trained to do this. Most of them, the problem is simply we don't read well. And if if we slow down, Mm -hmm. take our time and think and be a little bit more careful of readers, just reading the English language, you don't have to know Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic, just reading and just taking our time, it would be, well, I I was going to say it would be surprising. It shouldn't be surprising how much more beautiful treasures you can find by doing that. Yes. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Um, all right. So let's
0: think about this passage from a discipleship perspective. And I mean, we've. And I mean, we have kind of hit on a lot of this
1: already, yeah. but, but, just and, the, but it bears repeating. Yeah, so, tie, it a, tie it a little yeah. bow on this.
0: Yeah. So, what kind of guidance can we offer to, to people who are discipling
1: others? Um, in working through this passage a lot is what we just talked about that yes that this is a reminder that every passage even the ones that seem less than thrilling and that's a positive way to even the ones that seem dull yeah and purposeless purposeless rather yes even they of course are valuable so every passage or and that's why i think there's 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 wisdom in walking somebody through something like this yes because taking them to a passage that has more action, that has a, a clear, easier, I can see that easier. I mean, it's valuable. We need to do that, of course. Yeah. But when you can take them to a, a genealogy
0: mm-hmm. and get
1: them leaving that time together going, wow, God's good. Scriptures mm-hmm. are rich. Man, that's a big win. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And, and another encouragement would be um, to... Really see these passages for what they are. They are a reminder of the historicity of the of the Bible that um, that the things that happened actually affected other people's lives. That um, and you see these people that are mentioned in other in narrative passages show up again and again and again within certain genealogies, um, which is really really cool. Um, but it also it also shows us the cohesiveness of the Bible as one scripture as one story. Um, That from beginning to end, it's telling the story of Jesus and God's plan to rescue and redeem people from all nations and make a whole new world. Um, And so that's a really great thing.
1: Definitely.
0: Cool. All right. So. Brian, thanks for chatting about this this passage. I'm looking forward to the next one. And uh, thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed it, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or on whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.